0: At Armstrong, your connectivity is backed by local technicians, our 24-7 network operations team, and our 24-7 customer service center. Armstrong. Unmatched employees. Unmatched customer care. Unmatched fiber network.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Armstrong in the Loop podcast. I'm your host, Seth Prentice. And today I'm honored to be joined by Michelle Johnson, the Education Outreach Coordinator of Impact Teen Drivers. Michelle, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks, Seth. Thanks so much for having me here today. As Seth mentioned, my name's Michelle Johnson. I am an Education Outreach Coordinator with Impact Teen Drivers.
1: Well, Michelle, you know, our opportunity to speak, you know, was totally coincidental, you know, through a, another event in our local community. And and truly, I had no idea that Impact Teen Drivers was an actual program itself. So more than anything, I thank you for you know taking some time here to be with us today. And, you know, why don't we kick off? Why don't we get to know you and find out more about who you are?
0: So Impact Teen Drivers is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We're nationally recognized leaders on reckless and distracted driving education and prevention. We partner with NJM Insurance Group in Pennsylvania to stop the number one killer of teens in America. Can you guess what that is?
1: I'm going to take a guess and say it's cell phones.
0: It's preventable car crashes and cell phones are a part of that. Absolutely. So 75% of teen driver fatal crashes do not involve drugs or alcohol, but everyday simple distractions, behaviors that are perfectly acceptable and legal until teens and even adults choose to use them behind the wheel or they can be that's where they can become lethal. Our vision at Impact Teen Drivers is to change the driving culture to one that is distraction-free not just for this generation but for generations to come.
1: And I'm guessing we've seen an uptick in, you know, anything that would cause distractions. And, and you know, cell phones now can do anything and everything. But that wasn't the case, I don't know, 5-10 years ago. So there really has to be an educational part that people have to be aware of (laughs) and the reteaching of don't use your cell phones while driving.
0: Exactly. There's so many things that teens are doing besides just using their cell phones, quite honestly. We have to be careful when we speak to them that we are encompassing like the four different primary distractions that are out there. Visual, anytime our eyes are not on the road. Uh, Manual, anytime our hands leave the steering wheel cognitive anytime our mind is not focused solely focused on our task of driving and auditory that would be anytime our ears are not alert to our surrounding because kids are very um they're very funny uh my boss dr kelly browning was doing a focus group with a bunch of teens and one young man in there was they were talking about using their cell phone and he said i never use my cell phone and she was kind of curious and she kept asking questions and said, well, how, how do you, if you're not using your cell phone, how do you get the information about where your friends are, where the next place is to be? And he said, well, my smartwatch tells me everything. So when we're talking to teens specifically, if we are only talking about cell phone use, then we're missing the mark because there's so many other things such as speed and not wearing seat belts and, and other types of electronic information where they're getting their their uh their information from their friends that we need to include in in our conversation and our uh, message to them
1: well i i never even considered the watch part and shame on me for saying that but wow i you know right then and there there's there's another reason to take your hand off the steering wheel and your attention off the road that's absolutely you
0: know, that's and crazy if, and if you're not one that's doing that then no we're not going to be thinking along those lines but you know for a team that, that they've been told don't take your phone out yeah. Right? right. So, but that information comes across that smartwatch just as well.
1: Right. Well, and now some cars are linked through Bluetooth. So mm-hmm. it now pops up on your uh, center console screen. So there, your eyes are going down as well.
0: Yes. And, and I think the one thing that we forget about is the cognitive impairment that comes when we have a conversation with somebody who's outside of our vehicle, whether we're hands free or hands held, it doesn't really matter our mind is focused on that yeah. conversation that text that call whatever it is that's going on with that person who's not in the vehicle with us that does cause an impairment
1: oh wow that's crazy now for your for your overall mission and i'm sure you know not only for you personally but you know impact team drivers you know what is the the number one priority
0: our number one priority with impact team drivers is to engage educate and empower teen drivers and their influencers. So as their parents and any other influencers in the community to make good choices behind the wheel, each and every ride.
1: Makes complete sense. Mm -hmm. And and so I, I, that leads into my next question. How did you personally get involved?
0: Well, about 10 and a half years ago, my oldest son Connor made a choice to ride to the Tanger outlet mall with three others. They were going because the driver's sister was looking for a prom dress pretty innocent trip, right? Well, at the time, Connor was a union laborer for a concrete company, and he'd actually poured hundreds of yards of concrete at the Tanger Outlet Mall. He wanted to go along to show off his hard work. The guys used to call him the beast on the job because his work ethic was impeccable. So they went down, they shopped, they had lunch on their way home. Now, this is a beautiful, sunny Sunday at about 1.30 in the afternoon. They were traveling um, on a dry, flat, straight stretch of highway, hmm. the driver was driving her sister and two friends, Connor and Danny. And I don't know if you know or not, but new experienced drive, inexperienced drivers having three or more young passengers in their car, more than quadruples the chance of getting into a fatal car crash. Wow! And This is exactly what happened to my son. One moment of inattention on the driver's part caused her to veer from the center of the three lane highway, travel at least the length of a football field in a straight line, directly into a fixed light pole, killing not only my son, Connor, but her sister who happened to be seated right behind him. Oh my um, God. And because this is a public health issue that truly affects us all, I'm extremely passionate about preventing another family, serious injuries, or even the senseless loss of life over something that's so completely preventable. And so this is why I share my story.
1: Well, and I thank you for sharing your story and making this a passion of yours how
0: Absolutely.
1: has it been for the driver ever since because I'm sure there there was some feelings on your side um, that you've overcome as well over the time you know to be able to do this um what you know I'm sure she was apologetic but she has to
0: live with that every day she does and I can't imagine the burden that that would put on a young driver um, to have not only killed somebody else's child, but to have taken your own sister's life too. So I am sure that this causes and has caused a lot of, um, a lot of trauma through the years, just understanding the ramifications of those choices.
1: What do you wish you would have known 11 years ago that may have prevented this from happening?
0: Well, I wish I would have known to speak to Connor about the importance of knowing his driver, right? Just because a teen has her license doesn't mean that they're a safe driver. What we know is that they're inexperienced drivers because they haven't been on the road for very long. Mm-hmm. So I wish I would have talked to him about understanding whether or not she was a safe driver to get in the car with. Did she have speeding tickets? Had she crashed before? Because he didn't know that she'd actually totaled her vehicle the month prior to this crash that killed him and her sister. Holy and I also, smokes. yeah. And so that's something really important to talk to kids about who are you getting in the car with, because sometimes it's not the best choice to just jump in Joey's car because Joey just got his license. Right. Joey's inexperienced and Joey needs a little time to gain some more experience that he deserves um, without all the added distractions. But I also wish I would have thought more about best practices versus what our state laws are. Our state laws are the minimum that we need to to keep up with. Right. And as far as like passengers go best practices, according to the national safety council says that it's best to have no passengers for the first year of driving. Huh. Really truly, Yeah. Friends and siblings. Well think about what, what do kids do at the dinner table? What do you know, siblings do in the house, right? They squabble, huh. they bicker right yeah. in the car. It's not going to be any different. And they, they, those friends and siblings pose a higher risk than any other passenger because they actually know how to push that teen's buttons.
1: It's, it's true. I had a younger sister and I had to deal with it. And eventually my parents uh, uh, took some action against her. And my dad actually took her to a parking lot and it would have been when she was 13 and said, all right, you do it now. And mm. I think that straightened her up. And, and granted, you know, it was a closed off, you know, parking lot with no one around in pure nice. daylight, but it was still that aspect of, you know, until you do it, you know, don't think that you can just dictate. You know, because someone's trying to do the right rules of the road, you know, and it's not right enough for you.
0: Exactly. Then you have somebody barking in your ear saying, yeah, absolutely.
1: For sure. You know, and and you bring up a great point because years ago, it used to be at age 16. You got your license, you tested, and you're good to go. You know, Mm -hmm. they then instituted in the state of Pennsylvania you know, six months you drive, you know, and, and you have to keep that log book of, you know, how many hours that you've done. And now I've seen that they've actually increased a little more restrictions on you have to have so many hours of nighttime driving. You have to have so many hours of uh, rain and snow driving. Absolutely. Do you, do you or does your organization believe that there could still be more effort made it made towards, uh, you know, showing all scenarios so that a driver truly is well more prepared, especially when it comes to these types of things like distractive driving.
0: Absolutely. All of the states have adopted some form of the graduated driver licensing laws. Um, the states that have the stricter laws, because not every state is the same as Pennsylvania, right? Um, the states that have the stricter laws have a lower crash rate, lower fatalities, lower serious injuries. Um, So science is proving that, you know, less passengers in the car, actually maybe no passengers for a year, like the National Safety Council is suggesting, is a good answer. You're still giving that child the ability to go out and drive, gain the experience that they deserve without the added distractions. Um, Best practices, actually, for nighttime driving is 9 p.m. Pennsylvania says 11 p.m., right? But the, the crash rate starts to Um, escalate once it gets dark outside because when you think about it think about what's going on at night you know we we can't really see the road as well because our headlights can only you know we only can see where our headlights illuminate the roadway and we share the road with other people such as impaired drivers drowsy drivers and where we live in western pennsylvania a lot of deer and animal are on the roadways
1: no, for sure. Actually, you know, especially this time of year, you know, mm-hmm. it is the fall. So now they're out in full force from five o'clock at night until seven, eight yes. o'clock in the morning on a regular basis.
0: That they are.
1: Uh, that, that's that's a great point. You know, we we are seeing states enforcing um, fines and uh, tickets for uh, being distracted by cell phone use. You know, is that something that you could see being a nationwide adaptation um, th- that would be helpful. I think the state of Virginia was one of the very first few because of a young uh, adult uh, was murdered. You know, was in a car crash that uh, you know unfortunately took their life. But it was because they were on their cell phone, uh, and that's what finally you know got the legislation pushed. Of no one's using cell phones from here on out.
0: Exactly, and and it right now, all the states have the ability to mandate what those laws look like. We in Pennsylvania are trying to push at this point in time just for a hands-free bill. And it, as far as I know, has yet to pass. Um, But I also think that it has to come with a little, and this is my personal opinion, I think it has to come with a little more um, accountability. I think that we have to have points attached to it. People need to realize, like right now, the texting and driving fine is $50. And quite honestly, I don't know of anyone who's not willing to shell out 50 bucks if they get caught on their phone. Yeah, that's a slap on the wrist. Exactly. So if there were points involved, if it was a higher fine, and -hmm. if there were points involved that stay on your record, um, perhaps that might begin to um, make people think twice about that that it is actually a serious offense. Let's face the facts. We pay more if we litter. Mm -hmm. Littering is a $300 fine, right? Right. But it's not going to kill anyone. Driving and texting is a $50 fine, and it takes people's lives every day.
1: That's an, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. All right. So, you know, what programs and resources does Impact Teen Drivers have for our local community so we can help start teaching and educating and raising awareness?
0: It's a great question. We have two evidence-based teen-focused programs that can be um, facilitated in a classroom setting, in a school assembly, And they each can be done virtually as well, as we've had to to make that pivot with um, COVID recently. And these are done at no cost, thanks to the generous support of NJM Insurance Group. We also have an elementary program, middle school programs, and even a parent-teen safe driving program that's meant for parents and teens between the ages of 14 and 22. And we offer this program because we know that parents are the number one influencer of their teens' driving and riding behaviors and attitudes. We also participate in community events, which is where I met you, um, such as the trunk Treat that was at Marshall Township. And that's where I was able to bring my distractipus and start the conversation with community members and their little children about what a distraction might look in, like in the, in the car, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as the kids came up, I would say to them, you know, what do you think might be, you know, causing a distraction behind the wheel? Maybe the ukulele that she's carrying, right? And we would have, just had a little bit of fun with it, but it's never too early to start this, the safe driving messaging. We empower teens to be a part of the solution as well. So Pennsylvania high school students or Pennsylvania high schools are eligible to enter the Just Drive PSA video contest. And for more information about that, be sure to check out justdrive.njm.com.
1: And we'll put that in the show notes so that, you know, anyone that would be interested or, you know, getting their student registered for it, uh, they can go right to the website right from our show notes.
0: Perfect. Perfect. And then we can also put up um, the impactteamdrivers.org forward slash Pennsylvania. That's where they can find more of our no-cost resources that are available to them.
1: When you uh, host these types of seminars, you know, typically, is it more parents or are you typically doing more that is, you know, inside the schools uh, for students?
0: I, pro- I guess I would say, you, you, obviously, when you go to a school, you have a captive audience. of students so that's a that's a given I do actually partner with local law enforcement here such as Northern Regional Police Department and Ross Township looking to expand that a little bit more and even train other um, law enforcement offices to be able to facilitate this program so in a community center I will invite parent parents and teens in together because it's so important for the parents to understand um, to be a part of first of all to be a part of this process but to understand the graduated driver licensing laws why they're put into place and why it's so important to follow them really and truly simply by following the graduated driver licensing laws, there's an up to 40% reduction in serious injuries and fatalities. And if we can get parents and their teens to understand that, then then they're more bound to to abide by it.
1: And I can see, you know, now all the statistics and everything you have behind it, why it would be successful. Um, what do you want drivers in our area to know about, reckless and distracted driving?
0: What I would want drivers to know is that crashes due to reckless and distracted driving are 100% preventable. When you think about it, we can't control all the things that happen on the outside of our vehicle, but we can certainly choose to control the things that happen on the inside of the vehicle. And you're probably noticing that I haven't used the word accident. Instead, I use words such as crash, collision, wreck, Because when we're talking about reckless and distracted driving crashes, we're actually discussing a choice or a decision that was made by a driver or passenger, one that could have been made differently and prevented a crash. And when you think about it, there's so many things we all can do to avoid being seriously injured or killed in a preventable crash. We should all buckle up and buckle up properly each and every ride, uh, whether we're the driver or the passenger, set our playlist, our music, our volume, mirrors, et cetera, all before We even start our car and we should send that last text, make that last call, um, do all of that, shut the phone off, stow it away before we put our car in drive.
1: Those are all great points. Michelle, does it help when you give the presentation that you have that connection, you know, that personal story to it? So it actually drives that message home in a more impactful way for you know, probably for adults, but also for those teenagers, like I'm invincible. You know, I've got the world in the palm of my hand. This can't happen to me.
0: Exactly. And you're right about that. It, it does. When I can talk about my child who no longer comes in the door and I don't set my table for five anymore, I set it for four right. and I start explaining what I'm missing and and, and the, the things that could have been done so differently, it, it could have just been so many simple little choices that could have been made differently that my son would still be here. So I, and I tell them that I want to empower them because I know there's somebody in their life, somebody who cares deeply about them that wants to see them walking through their door the next day. Um, and they need to make those right decisions to be able to do that. So it, I, I think it does make a difference having that personal story to connect with them on.
1: No. And I greatly appreciate the time here because you've really brought to light some things that even I myself as an adult driver for you know, 20 years now uh, also didn't consider as well that, you know, these are not accidents. These are poor choices that people have made. Um, Are there any last words for our listeners or something we may not have covered here today that you would like to drive home in our, our final few minutes minutes here?
0: One of the things I'd like folks to know is that I'm not judging people. I actually realized after my son was killed that I was a distracted driver myself. So I did things behind the wheel that I would never want my kids to do. And I can promise you none of it was illegal, but I was not role modeling, safe driving and riding behaviors for my own kids. I was driving tired. I was answering my phone. I was the lady driving down the road beside you, applying my lip gloss as I was driving down the road, right? Doing things I would never, ever want my kids to do behind the wheel. And when I got into my daughter's truck at the time when she was 17, or shortly after Connor was killed, and I would see her her finger come out to fast forward the song or her hand to come out to change the volume or to, you know, change the music, whatever. And I'm looking at her like, why, why wasn't she understanding that the things that she's doing were such a distraction? I knew I was giving her all of the verbal messaging that I felt was necessary for her to drive safe. Um, But in reality, I wasn't role modeling the safe driving behavior. So um, I had to really do a quick look inside and say, are those things necessary? And, you know, really when I looked at it, I, there's nothing that can be more important than human life. Absolutely nothing. Um, our kids are watching us from the time their car seat is facing forward. And I realized that it was such a selfish act for me to be doing anything but driving when I was, when I was the one driving. And it was my sole responsibility when I'm behind the wheel to focus on my drive.
1: Yeah, that's great points. And my true final, final question here, what age can we start this at for children? Groups and organizations are wanting to, you know, start to bring you in for these types of uh, conversations.
0: Great question. We have actually, as young as preschool and elementary, we've got three reading books that we can come in and read to the children. And and it just starts to set that message about, you know, so if they're in the backseat in a car seat, they're not, they're understanding that they can't be. Um, distracting mommy or daddy while they're driving, and that they need to stay in their car seat properly. Um, just really simple messaging that we can get out to them. And I'm happy to come into elementary schools or daycares and and start that process, but all the way through uh, college and parent age groups as well.
1: Well, we hope, Michelle, that your message got out there today. We hope that it encourages people to reach out, schedule you, and bring you in as I think your message and what you're trying to do can only help uh, not only those of us on the road, but those of us as uh, that are next to us on the road as, you know, we don't want to continue to see these uh, poor choices being made uh, and we want to see each person go home safely at the end of each day. Uh, so I also appreciate you sharing your personal story today and wanting to help prevent teen driving choices in our communities.
0: Thank you so much, Seth, for having me on today. I appreciate it.
1: For Armstrong in the Loop podcast, I'm Seth Prentice, keeping you in the loop are you enjoying armstrong in the loop podcast great news all past and current episodes are available on popular streaming apps and websites search armstrong in the loop podcast and subscribe today
0: Armstrong has long been a part of your community. Our local team is comprised of your neighbors, friends, and family members, all working hard to bring you the fastest fiber optic experience and unmatched customer care. When you support Armstrong, you're supporting your local community.